Hello and welcome to the tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray and Roxanne Vasa. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Neil. So this week we have some very exciting topics. Uh, 500 Startups has rolled out a ton of new stuff in Europe, so we'll be taking a look at that, including the addition of four new investment partners. We'll be discussing the rumors of another huge round of funding for BlaBlaCar, which would value the company at over $1 billion. And we'll also be taking a look at one of the 500 Startups' new European partners, Philip Murring, who has a very impressive track record, having gone through Seedcamp, AngelList, and will now be heading up 500's relationship with the German market. So starting out with this exciting stuff that 500 Startups has been announcing in Europe, we've had a lot of exciting news from them actually all around. I don't think 500 really needs an intro. A lot of people have heard of its founder, Dave McClure. So these guys are a Silicon Valley-based seed fund accelerator that just announced another $85 million in funding last week. So they're doing very well all around. Now in Europe, they've been rolling out various projects since June of this year. They first announced Distro Dojo in London, essentially saying that they wanted to help European companies raise funds and invest between 100000 200000 pounds into 20 European companies over the next year. So that's actually a substantial investment that they're looking to make. Um, and this would also be through a three-month on-site customer acquisition program that they're doing at the WeWork space in Moorgate. Now, Neil, do you have any info on the status of this London program? Yeah, so I think they're actually in the middle of their first now. I know they're doing some work with some companies that I believe are now in the program. And actually, I went to something earlier this week, which they call an accelerator shot. So kind of giving people an insight into what the program actually entails. I guess really just as a customer acquisition piece for themselves. But the content was very interesting. From what I saw, it focused a lot around growth hacking, sales advice, fundraising efforts as well. So kind of a lot of those soft skills that are needed at that stage of a company to push on a lot further. And so obviously their choice to roll out in London first felt very obvious. It's like a lot of American and startups that come from the US. I feel like London is the natural place to go. But what I didn't realize is 500 Startups actually has done over 20 investments in the UK prior to their arrival. Companies like Brainiant, Skimlinks, Geckoboard, Moonfruit. Did you know about this? No, I didn't know they'd done so many. But I do know that they have a strategy of trying to be first in these markets. So perhaps they've looked at London for quite a time, despite only setting up a program recently, because they like to be first movers and get their feet wet in these different markets from outside of America. But what I always find surprising is people in early stage startups, even though like to us who have been in the industry for a while, kind of 500, you know, everyone knows 500, everyone knows Dave McClure. I would say they don't have like a huge profile in London or in other parts of Europe. And it's also the same when Techstars moved to London. I was surprised that there wasn't a bigger deal made of it, but Techstars were coming to London. But there's still this awareness piece of these kind of American accelerators coming into London, coming into Europe. Um, so I guess things like the accelerator shop, which I was at, are designed to inform people of who they are, make them feel comfortable, and ultimately to get them onto their program. And so the guy who's running the London Distro do Dojo, his name is Matt Lerner. I've never met him. Essentially, all I know about him is actually he used to be at PayPal. I guess his official job title there was head of SMB. Um, what do you know about him? Yeah, so we had a brief chat. I met him earlier this week. 
And yeah, as far as I could tell, he delivered the talk on growth hacking. It was really, really interesting. That's essentially what he was heading up over at PayPal, or at least part of his responsibilities there. Um, but the reason why he joined 500, he's been a mentor at 500 for quite some time, he told me, and he really, really enjoyed it. And ultimately, he realized that he was enjoying mentoring more than he was his day job. So he felt this was like a natural move for him to take. And my understanding was that David is very picky about the people who are going to head up the programs elsewhere. And Matt had been on his hit list for a while. So I think that it was almost an inevitable move that was going to take place and then slowly happened. So they announced the London Distro Dojo in June, and then in August, they announced that they would be rolling out a pre-accelerator in Norway in 2016. And this was just a huge surprise for me. I can't wrap my head around Norway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not the only one who has said that. I mean, basically, it's a move for the entire Nordic market, which obviously that doesn't sound as crazy. So it is a pre-accelerator aimed at Nordic companies. It just happens to be running in Oslo. But at the same time, you know, the Nordics is pretty small, so it has to be somewhere there. And why not Norway? It's starting to come together there a little bit. And mature would be the wrong word to use. But it is developing and there is becoming more of a cohesive ecosystem there. And some more promising companies are popping up now. So while it might seem a bit odd on paper, it could actually turn out to be a pretty good move. But I think mainly the real reason is for it is that from my understanding, they're going to be setting up a program similar to the one in London, a dojo program in Stockholm next year. And I imagine this is almost just to get the brand out there a bit, start scouting for companies for that and just testing their feet in the market. So that's an interesting strategy. I guess I'm wondering, though, like, what is a pre-accelerator and who are the people that they've chose to run it? Yeah, so a pre-accelerator, I think the main purpose is it's more than an idea that you have. You do have a product and you are seeking product market fit. And basically, it's a primer to going forward into like a full accelerator program if you're perhaps looking to do that. So it's for companies who are starting to begin about perhaps taking on a little bit of money or looking at an accelerator program. So the goals of a pre-accelerator is to get a company ready for that next stage. In terms of who's running it, it's Sean Percival who's heading it up in Norway. So he was previously at MySpace, but he's been a partner at 500 for a while. He's actually half Norwegian, so that could be another factor as to why Norway, just because uh, Sean has decided that's a good place for them to be. But he's been spending a lot of time in the region, actually. Um, we've seen each other a few times there. He's definitely been putting in the groundwork, and the program will start in January next year. So they announced London, they announced Norway. Um, now this last week, 500 announced their four new investment partners in Europe. They're covering now Germany, Eastern Europe, Turkey, Israel. I feel like they're hitting all the key geographies in Europe. What do we know about the new different investment partners that they brought on? It's, as you mentioned at the beginning, we'll talk a little bit more about Philip in a minute, but it's Philip Morin in Germany. He's actually an angelist. Uh, Diana Moldavsky in Eastern Europe, and she's a former exec at like Yandex, OLX, Zepto Labs, experienced in the region. Adam Benayoun, who's going to be in Israel, and they're going to be looking to do about 10, 20 investments there in the next 12 months. And we have Turkey, and that's Erhan Edogan, and he's previously worked with Bratzi, Fring, and also at Yandex. So some experienced individuals, I guess, are mainly experienced in those ecosystems, which is why they've been hired. Yeah, so it all seems just very exciting. I think it's great news to see them coming out to Europe and paying so much attention to these markets. 
my thoughts would be that over the next few months, I guess we'd expect to see them hitting the other key geographies where they're not present. Obviously, my heart goes out to France, um, <laughs> Spain as well. But I'm wondering if we should also expect them to pull a new move like what they did with Norway and just hit some geographies that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think what we'll see is probably two things. We'll probably see, as they've done in Eastern Europe, Germany, Israel, etc., have someone perhaps focused on investments in more established regions such as France and Spain. I also feel that we'll see them do further programs elsewhere in Europe. And my understanding is, is that perhaps that Germany, I guess most likely Berlin, high on their agenda for this, and also the Baltic region for a program. I'm not so sure whether they'll have a venture partner, but I do feel that they're looking at programs in the Baltics as well. So all of that is wonderful. I guess we'll have to keep up with uh, what 500 does in the next few months. Now let's turn our attention to the rumors of another huge round of funding for the French ride-sharing platform BlaBlaCar. Those rumors came out earlier this week of an $160 million round from Insight Venture Partners. This would essentially value the company at $1.2 billion, making it a French unicorn, I can tell you. The French ecosystem went wild when this hit uh, the press. TechCrunch mentioned that a source had already confirmed the deal had closed, but I reached out to the founders and they would not confirm it. They just said all it is for the moment is rumors. And it's just very strange. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know it was just rumors. Like everywhere I've looked had like confirmation of the deal. I thought it was a done deal. Um, everything that I knew pointed to that. I mean, the funny thing is I know that Crunchbase gets stuff from TechCrunch, but it's it's on Crunchbase. And actually, it's funny because if you look at Insight Venture Partners' Crunchbase profile, they've already done an investment since Blah Blah Car. So yeah, it's almost like old news, but it's not actually news yet. So it's a bit strange, but I wouldn't imagine that we won't see anything other than confirmation of this at some point. Yeah, I would have to say the same thing. Obviously, Blah Blah Car is one of the few French companies to have raised a $100 million round. So they actually raised one in 2014. They've done this alongside other companies in France like Deezer and Sigfox. There's not a ton of companies doing this. And since that big round of funding, they launched in five new countries. So now they're in a total of 17 different locations, including Russia, India, Mexico, Turkey. So they're attacking some pretty strong markets. They've done quite a few acquisitions. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before including a main European competitor, which was Carbling.com. I guess my thought is that, so they raised $100 million like less than two years ago, and now they're going out, hopefully I think it's more or less confirmed, raising this new round of $160 million. If you're raising that capital, you must have some really big projects underway. And there has been some speculation that they could be eyeing the U.S. market. However, the founders have always maintained discourse saying that this model would not necessarily work in the U.S., that they're not really interested in the U.S. market, essentially the way that Americans commute and the way cities set up, it's not really, doesn't really lend itself to the, what they've done. I'm thinking another model, I mean, another possibility could be Asia, maybe China, maybe Latin America. I have no idea. What are your thoughts on what they could be doing with this money? I think it definitely points to expansion, right? Or, or at least that would make the most sense. I feel like even in Europe, you know, they have a, a fair amount of the market. As we talked about before, they're acquiring competitors in different places in Europe to get a further stronghold. So I think it makes sense for them to look outside. I think the US is really interesting. I think if there's going to be anyone who will look at the US market in this space, it should be or it will be blah, blah, car. So 
I feel like that is a, a really interesting option. I think like the US market, it has changed a little. I mean, I'm not an expert on this market, but I think people's attitudes in general in this space have changed both in the US and worldwide. So I feel like it would be a shame if they didn't perhaps give it a crack. Um, but at the same time, it's not like Asia is like a second choice or anything like that. It's a huge market for them to get into as well. But I definitely feel the most likely thing that they will do with the money is to look to the international expansion. And in all honesty, they don't need like a huge war chest to continue with their European expansion because they're able to pick up local competitors for fairly reasonable prices. Now, we've talked a lot about growth capital uh, and the situation in Europe with growth capital on the podcast. So obviously, we're looking now at this specific example. This is a huge opportunity once again, being filled by a foreign fund. And I'm wondering if the decision to go with Insight Venture Partners based in the US, I mean, I'm just wondering if this is also meaning something for where they might be going. But I guess we can't draw too many conclusions at this stage. No, I mean, I guess it could go either way, right? It could be the fact that they weren't able to raise it from a, a European fund, as we've covered before. Or it could be that it is a strategic move. I think that we'll hopefully know the answer to this soon well they have to confirm the round first but hopefully <laughs> hopefully we'll understand it a little bit more soon yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see when the rumor gets confirmed yeah <laughs> uh so now back to 500 startups we've mentioned earlier that we wanted to talk about one of their new european investment partners and that would be germany-based philip murring so Philip was previously at Seed Camp. He's currently at Angelist. I feel like he's starting to get very well known in the European ecosystem. Looks like he's actually leveraging Angelist and 500 to do something very cool. It's very different from what all the other 500 venture partners seem to be doing. And he's written about it on his blog, which is pmo.de. Did you get a chance to check this out? Yeah, I did. And it is a little confusing and hard to wrap your head around. So actually, I decided that what I'll do is actually I'll read the sentence that as how Philip describes it, because that is probably going to be better than my interpretation. So he's joining 500 Starts as a venture partner, and he'll invest in European startups from that. And as part of that, he will run an angelist syndicate where accredited investors can join the deals that he's doing. But ultimately, his main focus will still be at angelist. But he will be on the side, if you like, at 500 and looking at different investments uh, for them and investing. I think he's mainly going to be looking at UK and Berlin. I don't think we should expect him to be involved in a program in Berlin if they do roll that out, uh, as it does seem like his kind of focus is still with Angelus. Yeah, so obviously I think we've seen him do very well at Seed Camp in the UK. Now he's Angelist. He's based in Germany, but covering, I guess, all of Europe essentially. So I think he's got kind of a great exposure to all of the European market, actually. And he did quite a bit of FAQ on his blog also about what this all means. So I think we'll probably see some great things coming out of him. But like we said, it can be a little bit confusing. Yeah, definitely. And actually, an another thing to mention about the whole AngelList seed camp uh, dynamic that Philip is now at the crux at is that 500 are actually an investor in AngelList as well, just to like complete the circle. So it is definitely a close relationship that 500 and AngelList have. So I guess that's what makes it easy for Philip to actually hold this dual position. And my understanding is both 500 and AngelList are more than happy with him to do this. So I think it's a good example of organizations like this working together. And ultimately, the European ecosystem is hopefully going to benefit from that. 
Yeah, I think definitely. And on that note, I think we'll also mention that 500 is also an investor in tech.eu. So before we wrap up, we want to obviously thank everybody who participated in the survey. We got a terrific response rate. Thank you to the people who also mentioned that they knew about the podcast and had listened to it. Also, don't forget that we will be in Silicon Valley for a European Innovation Day on September 21st. And we have revealed which 15 European startups will be presenting. So you can go and read about that on tech.eu. Cool. That's it for this week then. Thanks for listening. And we will be back next week. Thanks, Roxanne. Thanks, Neil.